Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And today we are going to be talking about the two oldest Weasley brothers, Bill, William, or Charlie, Charles. I love that they both have real names. It really, not that it bothers me. (laughs) Well, like full names, you know. I like, I really like that I can whip out a full name whenever I'm feeling, Mm. you know. Like you don't like how Percy is just Percy, not Percy. Yeah. Well, just, just in general, I like being able to whip out full names whenever I need to get serious. Yeah. Even though my dog's name is Georgie, like, she has a full name of Georgiana, and when she's in trouble, she gets called Georgiana. Yeah. Um, anyways. So this is going to be set up kind of like the, most recently, the Lily and James episode, but also like our Dean and Seamus, Molly and Arthur episodes. We're going to talk about one, and then talk about the other. Yeah. Because there's not really... I think, Bill, we probably could have we could stretched into stretch one episode, an episode. But it would have been short. And Charlie, we definitely couldn't have. So it just makes sense to do them together. Charlie's like a 10-minute conversation. <laughs> yeah, honestly, our Charlie notes are a little sparse. <laughs> <laughs> and so our patron shout-out for today is Alex. Thank you so much, Alex. You were one of our first patrons. And you still support us. So... We are still grateful for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, all of you guys mean so much to us. So if you want to shout out at the beginning of the episode, like Audrey mentioned before she said Alex's name, we are back at the beginning. So any new names would be amazing. Slide right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, we I just have a couple announcements. Um, first off, it's... <laughs> This comes out like smack dab in the middle of December, so I just wanted to wish everybody a happy holidays. No matter which holiday you celebrate this season or any holiday at all, just have a merry December, a happy December. And congratulations for getting to the last month of 2020. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, this may be just like a little bit pessimistic, and I'm generally not, but I don't know how much better 2020 is going to end up being, or 2021 is going to end up being, y'all. At least the beginning. You sound like me now. (laughs) (laughs) At least I have hope for maybe the second half of 2021, but the first half's not really looking much different than where we are (laughs) right right now, y'all. The pandemic isn't over. There's... Casey didn't know. PSA. Um, Yeah. Um, But speaking of the holidays, Audrey and I have decided to do something kind of fun for this holiday season. Um, We weren't sure what we really wanted to do. We didn't really want to do a giveaway. I feel like we've done a lot of those. We wanted to do something to maybe get more engagement with our listeners. So if you remember when we did those like 30 days of Harry Potter back over the summer in our Facebook group in our Facebook group yeah um we're gonna kind of make our own version of that so we're calling it whiz quizmas <laughs> um so for this we are going to be picking old pop quiz questions that we've answered prior to us having the Facebook group so ones that you guys haven't really had the chance to answer like anybody could have emailed us the answer to these pop quiz questions at any point like feel free to do that but um we haven't like set it up so you guys could answer this so we're gonna pick 12 old 
pop quiz questions and kind of post one a day. We're going to be posting it everywhere, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, and try and get just, I don't know, some engagement with our fans for this holiday and do something kind of fun. I really enjoyed the 30 days of Harry Potter that we did earlier in the year, and I think people who engaged with it really enjoyed it too. So (laughs) we're going to be making our own, like I said, picking old pop quiz questions and hear from you guys about your answers because we've already answered them. Yeah. Our answers may have changed. Who knows? Yeah. I don't remember any of the pop quiz questions. So. Yeah. Yeah, we have repeated a pop quiz question, and I don't think we realized it until later. <laughs> Katie's but to my go knowledge, we've do some only... On the pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do that earlier, and I never really was very successful at going back and getting all of them. But to my knowledge, we've only repeated one, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Oh, sorry, just super quickly. This is coming out on the 15th, so Mm. it will have started yesterday as of date of release, but we're obviously recording that before that, and we just decided to do this. So it was too late to put in the episode because the previous episode has already come out. But anyways, it will be up on our social media by the time you listen to this. No matter when you listen to this, even if it's two years from now, you can go back. It'll be on our Instagram page, Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Comment. Reply to some people's comments. See if they still listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, but let's get started on the episode. Yes. So we're going to start with the oldest first um, because it's always, it's Bill and Charlie. It's not Charlie and Bill. So it's like it's Fred and George, not George and Fred. Exactly. So the Bill fact file. His name, his full name, as Katie alluded to, is William Arthur Weasley. Arthur, of course, coming from his father's first name. And then the, the name William, um, the etymology, it comes from the German name Wilhelm, which is from the words will, W-I-L, meaning will or desire, and helm, meaning helmet or protection. So, I don't know that there's a lot to interpret there. Um, it's kind no. of just a basic name, but imagine what it would have been like if you went by Will Weasley. <laughs> I feel like that'd be kind of funny. Like we've mentioned this before, but kind of all of the Weasleys have very like old English, like mm-hmm. old British names. So fits in well with that. Yeah. His birthday is November 29th, 1970, so really not that long ago. We posted on our Instagram story for his birthday. That was his 50th birthday. Oh my god, he's so old. Wow. Yeah, 1970. So that was a little Easter egg as to what episode (laughs) was coming up next. Yeah. And then his blood status, of course, like the rest of his family is pure blood and the Weasley family, as we always remind you on these episodes, is part of the Sacred 28. Is this our last Weasley episode? I think it is. I think it is. Oh my gosh. End oh, of an damn. era. Well, yeah, we have to repeat like, Ron, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we'll probably end up redoing Ron at some point just because he was our first episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just because this habit hasn't been mentioned probably since like our first episode, we dropped our episode, like we dropped our podcast on Ron's birthday. So mm-hmm. Ron's birthday is the birthday of Wizard Studies. 
Yeah. But anyways, um, speaking of Ron, Bill's family is he's so he's obviously part of the Weasley family. He's the eldest child of Molly and Arthur. He ended up marrying Fleur Delacour, and they had three children named Victoire, Dominique, and Louis. Very French. Yeah, I was going to say, people make fun of Harry having all of the naming power in that marriage. Like, I think it's obvious who had the naming power in this marriage. The Weasleys really just lose out in their marriages. Yeah. I guess Rose and Hugo kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Hermione. But Fred had, no, George had Fred, sorry. He had a kid named Fred. I was thinking, sorry, I'm going to talk about this now. I was planning on talking about this later, but while we're on the topic, I was thinking that, like, do we think that the Weasleys had a conversation and they're like, George gets the name Fred, you know? Because mm. you can't have, like, cousins. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. but it'd be kind of, like, weird to I have cousins that, with no, the same name. I don't name. know that they needed to have a conversation. Yeah, they were just kind of like, George gets the name Fred. I would assume other people... Um, like, other siblings used, sorry, other siblings used Fred as a middle name. Mm, I can see that, yeah. Lots of, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about his children later in the episode. So, also, like the rest of the Weasley family, uh, his Hogwarts house is Gryffindor. Very original. I guess he was the first of the kids to do that. Yeah. And... I feel like people always make arguments for other houses for, like, Weasley children. Percy, Ron. But I think that Bill is, like, almost a quintessential Gryffindor. Like, the little, not that we know a huge amount about him, but I feel like what we do know about him is, like, he's a Gryffindor. Like, you, he's a Gryffindor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, his occupation is that he's a curse breaker for Gringotts. So that's what he was doing pre-war, and that's what he ended up doing post-war, according to certain writings. Yes. Okay, and then as far as his titles outside of his occupation, titles that he's had during his life, include Prefect, Head Boy, and Member of the Order of the Phoenix. Yep. Um, so similar to the... Lily and James, I think. Um, Bill and Charlie are mentioned for the first time together. So we are going to... I'm just going to read the first time that both of them were mentioned for Bill. And then a little bit later in the first book for Charlie, I'm going to read like a second mention of him, basically. So the first mention for both of them happens in the chapter, The Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters on page 99 of the hardback edition of the first book so it says i'm six in our family to go to hogwarts you could say i've got a lot of a lot to live up to bill and charlie have already left bill was head boy and charlie was captain of quidditch now percy's a prefect fred and george mess around a lot but they still got really good marks and everyone thinks they're really funny everyone expects me to do as well as the others but if i do it's no big deal because they did it first you never get anything new either with five brothers I've got Bill's old robes, Charlie's old wand, Percy's old rat. So, it's a very much like, woe is me, Ron monologue. 
Yeah, that's such a, like, depressing model. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah, Um, I think it's very, I think it's very Ron in kind of how we come to know him as very, he's got that, like, inferiority complex with his siblings, and then we see later with Harry as well. Yeah, and it's, like, very telling that he opens up about all of this, like, the second he meets Harry. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's another thing I was kind of just thinking about with kids not really going to Hogwarts until they're 11. I wonder how much like social interaction normal wizarding kids have with other Mm. kids their age. You know, we've talked about, I feel like we've briefly, maybe not gone in depth, but we've talked about schooling pre Hogwarts. And if that's really a thing in the wizarding world. And it definitely wasn't for the Weasleys. They kind of just like Mrs. Weasley just was a stay-at-home mom, basically, to them. So I wonder how much, like, how many other people Ron has interacted with that's 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 not his his age. Yeah. Yeah. You saying he's awkward? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying that. I feel like that's a recipe to make all wizard children (laughs) awkward and, like, uncomfortable and socially anxious. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So now on to Bill's personality type. So speaking of Ron, he actually has the same personality type as Ron. And the same as Dean, Tonks, and Dobby. So read this one a few times. Um, It is ENFP, the campaigner. So the campaigner personality is a true free spirit. They're often the life of the party. But unlike types in the explorer role group, campaigners are less interested in the sheer excitement and pleasure of the moment than they are in enjoying the social and emotional connections that they make with others. Charming, independent, energetic, and compassionate, the 7% of the population that they, com- they, that they comprise can certainly be felt in any crowd. So I just liked the free spirit mention there because I feel like you have to be a free spirit to wear a fang earring. <laughs> also I feel like I can see Bill as kind of like a sociable guy but he doesn't totally dominate a room like the twins whereas like the twins are kind of what's described in this as like the sheer excitement and pleasure you know like entertaining the crowd but um he more like I can see him like at a party going from person to person and like having meaningful meaningful conversations and actually talking to people rather than like playing jokes or being the entertainer. Um, I feel like he's definitely like he seems like he's like a an easy person to talk to. Yeah, uh, he would like be a really kind- good bachelor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad Flair got him. Yeah, gosh darn it. <laughs> So, also, he's mentioned as charming, and I said that he's definitely charming to get with Fleur. Yeah. You know. You've got to have that, like... Like, I feel like Fleur is somebody... We found out later that she's maybe not as, like, self-centered and egotistical as she first comes off to be, but yeah. I still feel like she likes to feel wooed in a relationship. At oh, least, like, sure. at the beginning, you know? Like, she wants to feel wanted. Which, like... I don't blame her. I feel like most people would yeah. like to be wooed in a relationship, you know, if that yeah, makes sense. But special. I can definitely see Bill doing that wooing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also it's mentioned that independent was a descriptor. And I think like oldest children are often pretty independent. I don't know if you, if you buy into like 
stereotyping people based on their age order, which I love to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Bill is like kind of a classic oldest child. Yeah. So then, more than just sociable ple- people pleasers, though, campaigners, like all their diplomat cousins, are shaped by their intuitive comp- quality. Allowing them to read between the lines with curiosity and energy, they tend to see life as a big, complex puzzle, where everything is connected, but unlike analyst personality types who tend to see that puzzle as a series of systemic machinations, campaigners see it through a prism of emotion, compassion, and mysticism, and are always looking for a deeper meaning. And so I thought this was, like, kind of a neat paragraph because, like, as a curse breaker, I feel like he needs to, like, see everything as a puzzle and try and, like, figure everything out that way. And, like, loving a puzzle is, like, definitely a requirement for being a curse breaker because, like, curses are just, like, the way that I feel like they're portrayed. It's, like, kind of, like, puzzles that you have to figure out um, to break. You know, if you've played Hogwarts Mystery. Uh, many other types are likely to find these qualities irresistible and if they found a cause that sparks their imagination campaigners will bring an energy that oftentimes oftentimes thrusts them into the spotlight held up by their peers as a leader and a guru but this isn't always what independence loving campaigners want to be worse still if they find themselves beset by the administrative tasks and routine maintenance that can accompany a leadership position Their self-esteem is dependent on their ability to come up with original solutions, and they need to know that they have the freedom to be innovative. They can quickly lose patience or become dejected if they get trapped in a boring role. And so I think, like, one of, like, the main things we know about Bill's kind of, like, career trajectory and, like, life is that he chooses to, like, take a desk position to come back for the war. And I think that that's definitely not, like, a... That decision shouldn't be taken lightly. Like, yeah, he's a Weasley. We know that Weasleys, like, are always going to sacrifice themselves for <laughs> to fight in the war or whatever. But I think, like, taking a death job was probably really hard for him. And I can totally, like, going from someone being, like, a curse breaker in Egypt, like, it sounds like he has a really cool job. And now he just, like, works at a desk. Like, that would be pretty boring. So I can totally see him going back to having, like, a more active job after the war. Obviously, he doesn't, like, go back to Egypt, but... Or does he? So, for the... This is a sneak peek for the Where Are They Now section. It says that he goes back to being a curse breaker and Egypt. But the source is a Pottermore article that is no longer available. It was, like, a happy birthday Bill Weasley. Does the whole family move to Egypt? I don't, like, it doesn't, it wasn't very specific, obviously, and I can't go back and look at the article and see what specifically mm-hmm. it said, um, but my guess is that, like, I think that there was a, we don't know Victoire's birth date. Yeah, we do. But, well, so we, we don't know the year. We know the day, but we don't know the year. I thought it was the first year, the first anniversary. No, it's not confirmed. It's on the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts, uh, but apparently we don't have a specific year. And I think that even if it was the first year, that would put her too old to fit in that scene. I guess Teddy's there, so I, I don't know. From what I saw, it wasn't, we, it wasn't confirmed that it was the first anniversary. Well, here's the thing. Teddy is technically too old to fit in that scene. Right? Really? Okay, 
so it's, it's 19 years later and he's already oh, true. Been born. He should be 20 ish. Yeah. Okay, so for what what we're talking about is like the scene in the epilogue. It's in the epilogue. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Teddy it's mentioned that like Teddy and Victoire Bill and Fleur's first child are like kind of a thing on yeah, the it's like, I think Express. Was it James comes back and is like I saw them snogging? Yeah, something like that. And it's like, but like, Teddy shouldn't be on the Hogwarts Express. Mm. Maybe. So it's at platform nine three quarters. I don't remember exactly. Maybe he was just like there to see his like family off. I don't know. He doesn't have family. (laughs) Well, (laughs) okay, that was that was (laughs) wow. Like I mean, like his surrogate family, you know. Mm. Because like. I mean, I guess at that point, if you graduated Hogwarts, it just seems so young for oh, you what to like, be Vic- on your own. Victoire is like two years younger than him, or like a year younger than him. Yeah, he was he's graduated and he was seeing her off, maybe. Yeah. Well, so anyway, she's at, at least the end of the a day, year and a, a year younger than him. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, like, there could have been a year, two years, three years, maybe pushing it, but still, mm. that like they hadn't had kids, and maybe he. Maybe he didn't, like, permanently go back to Egypt. Maybe he, like, went out on assignments mm. sometime, like, for a month or two. That was kind of what I would assume. But, again, it's from a Pottermore article. I can't read the article. How canon is that, really? So. Yeah. Anyways, that was a long tangent, but. Oh, also, just to add to the tangent real quick, because one thing we never actually said is that Victoire was born on the on an anniversary. We don't know what anniversary. Of the Battle of Hogwarts. I don't think. Yeah. I think we just said the anniversary. We didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, she was born on the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. This is dipping well into my where are they now section. It's Sorry. It's all small for Bill. No, no, it's fine. Um, and that's, like, part of the reason why her name is Victoire, because that means victory. Yeah. Okay. I assume in French. Yeah, in French. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right, back to bill's personality um (laughs) campaigners know how to relax and they're perfectly capable of switching from a passionate driven idealist in the workplace to that imaginative and enthusiastic free spirit on the dance floor often with a (laughs) often with a suddenness that can surprise even their closest friends being in the mix also gives them a chance to connect emotionally with others giving them cherished insight into what motivates their friends and colleagues they believe that everyone should take the time to recognize and express their feelings and their empathy and sociability make that a natural conversation topic. So I totally see him like he likes to have a good time. He likes to poke fun at his siblings. Um, clearly he wears a fang earring like he likes to have a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, but also, that doesn't mean you're down to party. I don't know what does. <laughs> but also on like a more a bit more serious sense and like his relationships I feel like he takes his relationships seriously and like I can totally see him like once he's like back in England and like the war is not going on maybe like understanding and knowing his siblings really well because I don't think he really got the opportunity to do that for so long because like he went to Hogwarts when he was 11 so how old was Ginny at that point? Like, one? Yeah. Is there ten years between them? Yeah. 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 I think there's ten years in between. And then, like, 
it's yeah because we've talked about this i think in the Ginny episode because there's a quote that's like i've wanted to go to hogwarts ever since the bill left but it's like Ginny, you couldn't what no (laughs) you were too young yeah and so like you presume that then he like got his job and like moved to egypt shortly after leaving hogwarts so like he really hasn't spent like a ton of time of his life with some of his like especially Ginny and ron and so i think what i'm trying to say is like i feel like he's someone who understands people really well and like can forge solid relationships and i would like to think that that like happened more after the war like maybe if he stayed in england who knows but like then when siblings get older and like the age gap is less of a big deal yeah you know like a 20 year old and a 10 year old is very different but like a 20 year old and a 30 year old is not as different yeah Pete, my brother and sister's age difference is that 10-year age gap, so I understand. Wait, your brother and sister are 10 years apart? Yeah, because we're all five years apart. Like, I'm oh, five yeah. years older than my brother, and my sister's five years older than yeah. me. Wow. Yeah. Campaigners will spend a lot of time exploring social relationships, feelings, and ideas before they find something that really rings true, but when they finally do find their place in the world, their imagination empathy and courage are likely to produce incredible results and I thought this was like a good little like descriptor for Bill because finding Fleur really does kind of coincide with him coming into his own with the order becoming a valuable person in the war getting more responsibilities kind of like becoming an adult um and I think that's like kind of cool with this description because it's like talking about like finding the person or like finding the people who you want to have around you and then like that bringing out the best in you and certainly like empathy and courage are two things that he definitely has yeah just along the lines of like him kind of growing up and becoming his own person I think it's really interesting that both Bill and Charlie like left the country as soon as they graduated (laughs) to Hogwarts and I wonder if that has anything to do with like them kind of wanting to become their own person away from this like huge family that they're Mm -hmm. a part of especially being the oldest it's like at that point like Mrs. Weasley had younger kids to deal with like they probably like I I just my guess is that probably had something to do with their family dynamics and them ready to be like I'm done and I'm ready to like move out and become my own person now yeah I think so like not a knock on no, no, no. Like, his parents, but definitely just, like, I think, like, needing to leave in order to, like, become independent. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so then for strengths, we have curious, observant, energetic, and enthusiastic, excellent communicators, know how to relax, and very popular and friendly. Yeah, I think those all fit pretty well. Um, yeah. Again, like, we don't know a ton, but, like, I don't think you can make a strong argument against them. Yeah, just, like, glossing over the list, I was, like, observant. That's kind of, like, a weird one. But I talk about this a little bit later with him. I feel like he's very... He's somebody who, like, really understands people, I think, and I think that comes from observation. And a really Mm -hmm. good example of this is when, like, Ron comes back to Shell Cottage. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a lot more... Like, I don't know if sensitive is the right word, but, like, maybe empathetic to his yeah, situation. Like understanding. 
yeah, like he doesn't tell the family that Ron came back because Ron yeah. doesn't want him to and he's embarrassed and that kind of thing. I think he really – and he's able to pick up on all those cues when they come back to Shell Cottage, all of them, and they're like, if you're making a bargain with a goblin, like be warned, you know? Yeah. I do think he's a very – I just think he gets people and then yeah. it's like a gift that he has. I Yeah, I totally agree. And then for weaknesses, we have poor practical skills, find it difficult to focus, overthink things, get stressed easily, highly emotional, and independent to a fault. I mean, I feel like we only ever really see the good of Bill, so it's kind of hard to, like, see weaknesses. Like, we don't see enough of him and through, like, a close enough lens to see his faults. Yeah, he's, like, portrayed to us as this, like perfect older brother like yeah. perfect oldest brother really um yeah. like perfect husband perfect order member yeah that kind of thing perfect son so that's hard yeah um so I'm gonna move on to his relationship with Fleur and I'm gonna cut it off maybe a little bit early just because a lot of their like later relationship I feel like Audrey talks about in her next section um Mm. so this is going to end basically with their wedding just a heads up this is more about their courtship so Bill and Fleur first meet eyes (laughs) catch glimpses of each other in June of 1995 when Bill was visiting Hogwarts to see Harry compete in the third task there's this like throwaway line that's like Fleur was, like, eyeing him from across the room, I think. Like, something along those lines. Um, And going back and finding that out, I think it's just such a great, like, nod to their later relationship. Because there's nothing about them in order. It doesn't come back around until Half-Blood Prince. So I think that's really good. Wait, no. Does it come up in order? Because order is when... It's mentioned when that Molly's he's taken the desk job. It's mentioned that okay. he's moved back. I don't well, think it's mentioned that Fleur... I don't think Fleur's mentioned, but all of order, Molly's... Or no, I guess maybe that's more Half-Blood Prince, which she's trying to set him up with. Tonks. I don't think that's order. Never mind. Um, but... So, going on from June of 1995, Fleur gets a job working for Gringotts, um, like a desk job over the summer to improve her English, as she would say. Um, so this happened the summer of 95. So I'm wondering if she even really like went home to France at any mm-hmm. point because she probably didn't leave Hogwarts. Like, I think this happened, it was like June 20 something, the third task. Yeah. So like, 24. let's say she, yeah, she probably didn't end up really leaving Hogwarts to like, let's say around the beginning of July, basically, like end of June, yeah. beginning of July. And then it says like, she got a summer job. So I don't, I don't know. I just, cause I was going to write in my notes, like after she graduated mm-hmm. from like Bobatons, but I wonder if she even really like went back. Anyways, it's not really important. Um, That's how she met Bill because Bill had decided to, again, like Audrey mentioned, take the desk job when he found out that Voldemort was back and the order needed, like, more people around to help with the fight. And that's how they, like, really got to know each other Mm -hmm. and started spending time together. And then they, it's assumed they started dating around this time, like, around the summer of 95, right? 
Then Bill proposed to her a year later, the summer of 96, and this is when Fleur and Bill, does Bill stay at the borough too? No. That's kind of weird. Because he like leaves Fleur there and he's like, I want her to get to know the family, but I'm like, Like, he's like out doing order stuff. Yeah, I guess. He might, I feel like that's just weird. There. Maybe he's staying there. Like he's but, like, he's not there, sometimes. like, during the day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and Fleur spends the summer at the borough, and, like, because Bill wants her, because apparently Bill had been, like, hiding the fact that he's been dating this woman, and he's just like, oh, surprise, I proposed to this woman. <laughs> I um, think it just, like, hadn't been brought up to Harry. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel I like if it like was Molly knew, yeah. But if Ron knew, Harry would definitely know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's right. the thing. Um, and Bill just like wants her to get to know his family. You know, like big family. They're a big family. Family. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, so it doesn't go super well. Um, <laughs> members of the family and extended family, i.e., Molly, Jenny, and Hermione, are not. <laughs> Super welcoming to Fleur. And I think we talked a lot about this dynamic in the Fleur episode, so I'm not going to really get into it that mm-hmm. much because we talked about it quite a bit then. Um, we, like, at the end of the day, I think we came to the fact that, like, we saw both sides, both the Weasley's anti-Fleur and Fleur's kind of, like, feeling bad for her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a lot about if she was really picking up on the fact that they were making fun of her, mm-hmm. you know, at all, or if she was kind of able to brush it off or if it really did affect her. And I think we alluded to this, but I just want to talk about a little bit more about how this maybe could have possibly affected Bill. And like, but that also comes down to the fact, like, did Fleur even notice? And like, if she did notice, would she have brought it up to Bill in the first place? Like, hey, your family's kind of treating me like trash. I don't think she would have needed to bring it up to him. You think Bill would have just like yeah, like we just talked known. about him being observant. That's true. Like, well, I think that's, he that's up if on we it. assume that Bill was coming back to the borough at yeah. all, which I feel like he should have. I don't know if I would just like ditch my fiance with my family for a couple months and like not <laughs> spend time with them. Um, but yeah, I just like I wonder, and I talk a little bit about this in Bill's relationship with his family. I just like I wonder how that affected him if at all because I could also see him being the kind of guy of like like not to come off as callous but I could see him kind of being like like you like this is a problem that you guys have with each other like it's something that you need to work out like that kind of thing you know Mm. yeah yeah not like to ditch his like fiance but I could see him kind of being like no this is a problem that like my mom has with you and you have with my mom like that's your own problem. I can be here to support you, but, like, I can't fix it for you. I could see him kind of taking that tact with it. Yeah, um, I can see that. But, anyways. Um, and then, at the end of the school year in 1997, so, the end of Half-Blood Prince, Bill was attacked by Fenrir Greyback, and this is when Fleur makes her, like, grandstand, of like, I don't care what he looks like, because Molly makes that, like, comment of like well I guess Fleur's gonna be leaving now and she's, she's like, like I guess the wedding's what? off <laughs> yeah um and so Fleur decides to stand by Bill and she stood up to Mrs. Weasley and I think this is kind of one of the first times she like actually stands up to her 
I feel like yeah. in the past, it's been very, like, passive-aggressive mm-hmm. between the two of them. But this is, like, no. Like, I love him. Like, this, I don't care what you say. This is happening. Get on board or get overboard. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then, just because I don't know if we talk about this. I don't know if you talk about this in your section at all. But, like, Bill was left with yeah. scarring. That was permanent. And, okay, so there's a mention that Lupin says, like, he might like his stakes on the rarer side from here on out. Do we ever get confirmation that that's a thing? Because everywhere I see it's like, Bill took his stakes on the rarer side. But I, I think that comes from just Lupin, like, maybe no. he... Okay. I'm pretty confident that Fleur says it to Harry okay. when they're at Shell Cottage. And she's, like, she's like literally cooking steak. And oh, okay. She, like takes bills off fat before everyone else's because okay. she's like he likes his steak rare. I'm like I I'm pretty sure that. that happens. No, now you mentioned that. That makes sense. I definitely feel like I remember that. Um and then both Bill and Fleur help out in the Battle of Seven Potters in the summer of nineteen ninety seven and then they later get married on August first, nineteen ninety seven. Um their wedding was a happy affair that took place during a very dark time and Molly kind of talks about Maybe it was the dark time that pushed them to get married so quickly. But again, kind of just going through their timeline, I feel like they had like a semi-standard like dating, engagement, wedding timeline. Like a year is on the shorter end, I feel like. Dating dating for a year is short. Yeah, but then they were engaged for like a whole nother year. Which again, yeah, I, I feel like, like is definitely on the shorter end. Most people are engaged sho- for about a year. Yeah, I like I agree that it's on the shorter end, but I feel like it's not as quick as yeah, it's not Molly like thinks it is. And I'm wondering if that's like can if that's like compounded because Bill like kept her a secret and so it feels yeah. much shorter to her. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's not like confirmed that Bill did keep her a secret, but I think that could have like contributed to that fact if he did. Um even and then if he during... didn't keep her a secret and like even if Molly knew that Bill was dating someone, but didn't like meet Fleur until yeah. they got engaged, you know? Yeah. Um, and then during their wedding, it was Death Eaters crashed their wedding right after they got a message from Kingsley saying that Scrim- the ministry has fallen. Scrimgeour is dead. dead. They are coming. Yeah. Um, so Death Eaters show up and everybody pieces out. And then once they were married, they moved to Shell Cottage, and Bill had to stop working at this point because of his outward support for Harry. Yeah. In the anti-Voldemort fight. So. Yeah. While I was doing this section, I just kind of, I was thinking about the logistics of their relationship. Like, I assume that Bill has his own place. Like, where was Fleur living before? Like, when did they move in together? Did they move in together before they got married? Fleur definitely had her own place when she first moved to Well, yeah, she definitely needed her own place. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about their, just, like, their relationship during order because we hear, like, nothing about that. And just kind of in general, like, where Bill was living because we know that he was back in England at this point. I'm sure he, like, got a place in, like, in London for himself because yeah. he was like, I don't want to live with my family. Well, yeah, and I don't blame him. It's... <laughs> Anyways. 
But yeah, I was just kind of thinking about just like the logistics and the minutia of their relationship because we get so little of it. But I feel like this is one of the, like this relationship and like Teddy, or not Teddy, um, like Lupin and Tonks, Mm. I feel like are like the romances in Harry Potter, you know? Because like Harry and Ginny is like kind of a thing in Half-Blood Prince. Like Ron and Hermione are like kind of a thing halfway through Deathly Hallows. Um but I feel like these but are like yeah, and these, these are, like are like adult relationships. Yeah, like beginning to end, romance, wedding, the whole nine. You know, and it's like the like hopeful love story during the war thing. Yeah, you know? and then like the child is like the hope for yeah. like post war. You know, like we have to make it a better place for our children, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. All right, so speaking of the war, um, Bill's role in the second Wizarding War, so kind of just filling in the gaps from what Katie was talking about with Bill and Fleur. Um, So we do know that Bill was one of the first to know of Voldemort's return because he was in the hospital wing after the third task when Dumbledore kind of gave the whole rundown to Molly, Sirius, Snape, and McGonagall, and then also Ron, Hermione, and Harry were there. And Bill, like, immediately offered to help and said that he could go find Arthur so that Arthur could start recruiting ministry members. Because this is one of the things Dumbledore says they need to get done. And Bill's like, I'm on it. And he immediately leaves and presumably goes straight to his dad. So, um, when the order was reformed, he joined and he took a desk job in England, as Katie said, leaving his curse-breaking position in Egypt so that he could be more helpful to the order. And he was involved mostly in, like, he was involved a lot in order planning. Like, I think it's talked about that he's at those meetings. And he was kind of the envoy to the goblins. Um, so he was often asked about what the goblins' perspectives might be, um, Similarly to how, like, Hagrid was sent to the Giants and, like, uh, Remus was kind of went around to werewolves, I guess. Like, trying to gauge how the whole wizarding magical community would support um, the fight against Baltimore. And so we do, I guess, hear of in Order of the Phoenix that... When Arthur was attacked, Bill visited him at St. Mungo's many times. I don't think we ever, like, I don't think he's ever there when the other kids visit, but I think we, like, hear in the background of Bill visiting Arthur. Um, And he was one of the Order members at the end of Half-Blood Prince that was asked to patrol Hogwarts in June 1997 when Dumbledore and Harry left to retrieve the Horcrux. So I believe the the people asked to patrol were Remus, Tonks, and Bill. Um, maybe they were like nearby, and then also Flitwick, Hagrid, and McGonagall were patrolling the halls. Um, I don't know. I don't think Flitwick is like officially a member of the order, but I think it was just kind of like those are like Dumbledores. Those are Dumbledores bros at yeah. It's like what. Well, it was McGonagall ever really officially a member Ma- of the order? We've had this discussion, and uh, yeah, McGonagall I, say, I feel like was, we have okay. because she, we, I remember us coming to the conclusion that she was, and I think it was because she like was actually at meetings. Yeah, um, but I don't remember like where that information came from. But I know we came yeah. to that conclusion. Do we think Hagrid is an official member of the order then too? I, I guess mean, like he does. Like he yeah, like goes he gets, to the giants. Yeah, for them. yeah. 
And I don't think it's as like in or out as we kind of like talk. As, like, I know we talked eaters, about this, like, you know, like yeah. they don't get branded. What is the initiation ceremony <laughs> for the order? I think the order is more of like, I think like it's a, kind of like in Star Wars, like the rebel alliance, you know, like if you are against like Darth Vader, yeah. you're like a rebel. You it's know? like if and like it's like if you're against Voldemort, you're with us. Like it's like yeah. a community. It's like if we have the it's same not enemy, so much like, like we'll a, work together. Yeah, it's not so much a club. It's like just like it's, two sides. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, Bill and Co. Other order members were patrolling the halls, um, and also Hermione, Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna. Um, because Harry had instructed them to do so. And the Battle of the Astronomy Tower ensued. And like Kitty said, he was injured by Fenrir Greyback. Um, he wasn't tra- He didn't actually become a werewolf. And then I said Fleur thought his scars were hot. And he <laughs> liked rare steaks. <laughs> Pretty much all Thumbs he needs up. to <laughs> um, So the Battle of the Seven Potters is like the next time he plays a role in the war, which I guess is not that much later. It's like a month later, probably. Um, and in the battle, he flies with Fleur on a Thestral because she doesn't like flying on brooms. And they both saw Moody, like personally saw Moody get killed by Voldemort because they were flying next to him. And Voldemort immediately went to Moody and Dung. And of course, Dung disapparated and Moody got killed. And so, once back at the burrow, I believe he's the one that, like, said that Mad-Eye was dead. And him and Lupin went to search for Mad-Eye's body, but they couldn't, they couldn't find it. And then, they have their wedding, yay, happiness, but that's not anything to do with their role in the war. Um, the next kind of role we know of them playing is that Ron stayed with Bill and Fleur when he deserted Harry and Hermione. And he was very much like, no questions asked, you can stay here. Um, and after the trio escaped Malfoy Manor, they went to Shell Cottage. Um, at this point, Bill was secret keeper at Shell Cottage because I think they had Fidelia's charms on Shell Cottage and the borough because the Weasleys were like well-known Harry Potter supporters. <laughs> um, and him and Fleur welcomed the trio, Dean, Luna, Gripook, and Ollivander all into their homes. Like, that's so many people when you say it all at once. Um, And Bill advised Harry to be careful when making deals with goblins. And he just, like, he didn't really know what was going on. He didn't ask questions, but he just, he was, like, kind of like that wise older brother, like, don't do anything stupid. And... Upon receiving the call for the Battle of Hogwarts, we know that he apparated to the Hogshead. Um, he was one of the family members who didn't want Jenny to fight due to her age and that little, like, spat they have in the room of requirement. And we don't really know much about what he did during the battle. Um, we just know that he survived, obviously. <laughs> Not all of them survived. Not all. So in this next section, I'm going to talk about Bill's relationship with all of the other Weasleys. So starting with Molly, um, she was obviously very proud of him and his accomplishments. He's kind of one of those, as we've talked in the past, 
one of those siblings that she likes to be like, why can't you be more like Belle um, to the other children, which we know she loves to do that. <laughs> um, that. Whenever I talk about these things and like relationships with the, with the Weasleys, it makes me... It makes me dislike Mrs. Weasley and kind of make me jaded about her because it's, I, I know that this is not the case, but when I talk about her kind of being like, well, why can't you be more like Bill? Why can't you be more like Charlie? It gives me the impression that she doesn't love them for who they are as much as she loves them for like their accomplishments Mm. And I have enough faith in her that that is, like, not the case. But her doing those things, like, gives off that impression sometimes. Mm -hmm. Especially for, like, say, Bill and Charlie and maybe a little bit of Percy because we don't see her relationship with them as much. We don't see her interact with them. Yeah, like, we don't see her being a mother to them, you know? Um, So it's kind of, like, I have to keep, when I was, like, typing this out, I'm like, oh, my God, I really don't like Mrs. Weasley. But I do think that it's not the case. She just, like, falls into this, into that trap sometimes of, like, comparing her children. I mean, there are a lot of them, so. (laughs) Um, And then, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I wonder how her treatment of Fleur affected her relationship with Bill. I know I kind of already answered how I think that situation would have been handled. Um, But I do think that no matter what, if Bill was, like, aware of the situation at all, that would, like, make me lose a little bit of respect for my mother. Yeah, You sure. know? Especially, like, you know, you hear those stories or you hear your parents say or that kind of thing where, like, your mother knows best, you know? And you hear some of those instance of, instances of, like, people bringing home a significant other and their parents not liking them. Like, well, there's probably a reason that you're, parent didn't like them and maybe it's a good idea Mm. you know but I think in this situation it wasn't so much of a founded I just don't think she liked Fleur that much there I don't know if there was really a specific reason no I don't think so um so I don't think it was so much of that I think it was more like she just like personally didn't like Fleur um and I don't think that's really a super great reason to like dislike your children's significant other if that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like I'm not really making that much sense at the moment. Um, yeah, like if they didn't do anything wrong or if they're not a bad person. Like yeah, you if you're like not, them, yeah, you know? if you're not concerned. I think, to be fair, I feel like she was a little bit concerned of, about her intentions. I will say yeah. that. But I don't know if there's any like founded no. why, you know. So I do think that that, again, like I said, if Bill was aware of it at all, I feel like that probably did affect, even in the littlest amount, I feel like it probably did affect his relationship with his mother. Um, and then his relationship with Arthur, I think we talked about this a little bit on like the Percy episode. Um, I think that Arthur and Bill were kind of like buddy, buddy, you know, Mm -hmm. like Bill being the oldest and especially at the point that we see in the books, like the war, I think that they were kind of more like colleagues and friends at this point in their lives than they were like father and son. Um, I think they got along really well and I could see them kind of like... Like, both of them are pretty easygoing, and some people Mm -hmm. in the family aren't, so I feel like they would, you know, like, Fred and George are up to mischief again. Oh, you know, those boys. (laughs) I feel like they would have that kind of thing. Um, And then with Charlie, we, there are so few instances 
first off, that we see Charlie, and second off, that we see Charlie and Bill together. Like, the only thing I can think of is in Goblet of Fire um, for the Quidditch World Cup and yeah. later that night. And really, truly, honestly. The wedding. Charlie's Bill's first Yes, man. that's true. Her best yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I do have that in my note about the relationship. Charlie was... Bill's best man, or actually, no, I have that note later in the Charlie section, but I do think that they were pretty close. I do think it's a little bit indicative that he was his best man. I don't think it's really that whole lot indicative, to be honest, because I feel like if you, yeah, I was going to say, if you have siblings, you that's just kind of what you, what, what you do, and like Charlie being the oldest, that kind of thing, but I do think that they were, I think that they got along, um, like I said, I, I have. Because I did Bill Charlie's relationships. Oh, sure. Well, I, I mostly agreed with you. I think they're probably closest. He Charlie was probably closest with Bill out of any of his siblings due to age. Yeah. They were at Hogwarts together. And also, like, Charlie was prefect while Bill was head boy. Mm. Um, best man at Bill's wedding. I said presumably they write to each other because Bill says Charlie told him about Harry facing the horntail. Mm. So, like, there's some sort of communication. Like, they stay in touch. Um, and I thought that because of, like, because of Percy being kind of the outcast. Yeah. You kind of, you separate age-wise with, like, Bill and Charlie. And then there's Percy kind of on his own. And then everyone else younger. And, like, I think that, like, that Percy being an outcast, like, exacerbates the age gap between like, Charlie and Fred and George. So I think that, like, naturally forces Bill and Charlie closer. Yeah, I have that note as well, that I think because Percy was the next closest with them, mm-hmm. and they, I don't think they really got along with Percy, that they were, like... It was... Not that there was a huge age gap between Percy and the twins to begin with, but because they were kind of of similar age... And they didn't get along with Percy. Like, kind of, I'm just re, I'm just re-saying what you just said. That they were, mm-hmm. like, forced to be together more often, I think. Mm-hmm. Quote-unquote forced, because they didn't like Percy as much. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely agree with all that. And I do think that what I mentioned earlier about kind of both of them, like, moving off and doing their own thing. I can think that, I think that also kind of maybe bonded them in a way. Mm-hmm. It was, like, we're both on the same page. They kind of both had similar outviews on life. Um adventurous they both were of head boy and leadership in school I think just because they were kind of similar and had similar views on life that they probably like were were pretty close yeah um and then we kind of just talked about this but his relationship with Percy I think that Bill probably thought that Percy took himself a little bit too seriously I do think that Bill is like arguably maybe more talented than Percy is but Mm -hmm. the contrast of like Bill being kind of like humble and laid back and Percy being like so uptight and kind of full of himself I think that that probably like knocked Percy down in his books quite a bit um I do think that he still like loved Percy like we said I think he's like a very He's a, I think he's a, he understands people, as I said before. And yeah. so it's kind of, like, he pokes fun at Percy, but I, I think he still, like, loves him and is probably one of the better relationships with Percy out of the family, yeah. would be my guess. He might do it kind of more out of, like, duty than, like, him actually wanting to like <laughs> Percy. Um, but, yeah. And then Fred and George, we really don't see much of Fred and George's relationship with Bill at all because 
Yeah. It's like we can assume with Bill, Charlie, and Percy of similar ages, and then Ron, we kind of have it more from his perspective, like him being friends with Harry. So we hear more about Bill from Ron. But like specifically with Fred and George, I kind of guessed on this. I do think that it's kind of implied that the younger kids really looked up to Bill. You know, the oldest brother, he did really well in life. He was a good kid. He's a nice guy. People like him. I think there's obviously that little bit of admiration in their relationship. Um, And I do think that Fred and George are comfortable enough with themselves that they weren't resentful of Bill. Like, I feel like sometimes Ron might fall into you know, like, of being compared with Bill. I think Ron takes it more personally than Fred and George. Yeah, true. Um, And I think that Bill kind of maybe had this, like, respect for the twins. I could see him being, like, they deserve to do what they want and what they Mm -hmm. love in life and not having that tact of, like, they're not head boy. That's not good enough. You know, like, they're not as good as me. I think, like, Bill probably saw them as equals in, like, a even admired the fact that they were, like, going to do what they wanted, you know, and they were who they were. Yeah. So with Ron, I do think that Ron really looked up to Bill and his accomplishments, but like I said, I do think that he probably was a little bit resentful, and we even see that in the first mention. He's like, even if I do what my brothers do, I'm still, it's not important because they still did it before me, that kind of thing. Um, And like I mentioned before, Ron did end up at Chell Cottage when he left Harry Ron, well, Harry and Hermione, not Harry, Ron and Hermione, Ron left. Um, And like I said before, Bill kept his secret. He didn't tell the family that Ron had abandoned his friends. He was super understanding, kind of like, like you said, no questions asked. Like, you need a place to stay. Stay here. I won't pester you about it. I know that something happened, and I know that you need time, so I'm going to give you that time. Mm -hmm. And then later, they obviously come back to Shell Cottage later. And they're all there. Yeah. And Bill never really pushed for answers. He was just there when his brother needed him. Then with Jenny, we know that Jenny really looked up to Bill and admired him. Um, she always kind of like took his side. There's like, I feel like there's a scene in Goblet of Fire when Molly's like, you need to cut your hair, Bill. And Jenny's like, I like it long. Um, <laughs> I do think that Jenny kind of admired him maybe the most out of all of the siblings. I do think that she's closer with Ron and Fred and George, but I think that Bill was kind of this like ultimate, like I think she takes a lot of pride in Bill being her older brother. Yeah, for sure. And I think that Bill was probably her favorite, but we don't really see a whole lot of like the other side of the coin of like whether Bill kind of had this, like she's my littlest sister. Like she, like she admires me so much. Like I have to like take her under my wing. I mean, he didn't want her to fight in the battle. Yeah, that is true. I like, that's really the only indication we have of like his side of the relationship. Um, But like I said, I think that he probably loved all of his siblings. He, understood them for who they were like I said I think he gets people and is not like overly critical of people in general it's like they do their own thing that's fine like I understand why they do the things that they do and it doesn't bother me if that makes sense (laughs) I agree okay should we uh move on let's move on to Charlie (laughs) all right this is going to be short. I promise it was a front-loaded episode. We're not going to talk about Charlie as long as we talk about Bill. <laughs> so, Charlie 
Full name is Charles, a.k.a. Charlie Weasley. We do not have his middle name. Maybe Charlie is his middle name. Yeah, I wonder. I bet it's like Fabian or Gideon. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like yeah. one of Molly's brothers, you know? Yeah. Even though like Fred and George are like kind of. The F and G. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that. Because the only other middle name. Well, we know Ginny's middle name, right? And we know Ron's. And we know Ron's. So like Percy. What is Ginny's middle name? We also might know Percy. Yeah, do we? Percy is Ignatius. Mm. And G- oh yeah, Ginny is Molly. Oh yeah, Ginevra Molly. So the so, only like, one we don't know Fred and George, and we don't know Charlie. Yeah. So any of them could have like was it was what Fred if, Fabian and George Gideon? <laughs> I feel like it'd be funnier if it was Fred Gideon and George oh. Fabian. <laughs> Okay, okay, sorry, side note. So, if anybody has a TikTok, there's this woman who, like, does Harry Potter, like, tattoo. Like, if this Harry Potter character was covered in tattoos, she, like, recreates the art for it. Like, Mm. what kind of tattoos they would have. And there's a Fred and George one. And I was so confused because, like, one had an F and one had a G. But the G was the one that was, like, shown as dead. And I was like... Is this one, like, oh, not a Harry Potter fan? But then I realized it was because they had each other's initials. I was like, that's oh, that's kind of cute. Um, but anyways, um, I don't know her TikTok name, so I can't plug her. I'm sorry. Okay, well, speaking of Charlie's middle name, though, I feel like it could be Pruitt. Mm, yeah. Because, like, I think that's, like, a common thing to, like, give yeah, a mother's my, maiden name. My brother's middle name is my mom's yeah. maiden name. Same with my oldest brother, so. Mm. I don't know, I feel like that. I could see, I'm gonna, I'm headcanoning. Headcanoning. Charles And then we, Pruitt are we going like, Fred Gideon or George Gideon? Which one are we doing? Opposite or the same? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go same. I think they'd do the same. Fred Fabian Weasley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... So, back to the name Charles. It comes from the Germanic name Carl, which was derived from a Germanic word, which meant man. However, an alternative theory states that it is derived from the common Germanic element hari, meaning army or warrior. Which, So, it's either man or warrior. Take your pick. I feel like both those that can apply to Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Um... His birthday is December 12th, 1972, so not too long ago if you listen to this from drop date. Um, And he's only two years younger than Charlie. I feel like I always picture them having a bigger age gap, Mm. but it's only two years. Yeah. And his blood status is, of course, pure blood, sacred 28. Then, again, he's part of the Weasley family. (laughs) He was the second oldest child of Molly and Arthur. And as far as we know, he remains unmarried. (laughs) Um, And his his Hogwarts house is Gryffindor. So, we do know his wand only because, like in that first mention, Ron has Charlie's old wand which I feel like we've talked about before just like with the mechanics of wands like Mm -hmm. is one wand really meant to last you your whole life 
Because if so, Charlie had his wand for a very short amount of time. Or do you think, like, do you think it wasn't even Charlie's original wand? Like, do you think it was a hand-me-down to Charlie and then to Ron? No, I think it was Charlie's original wand, but I think Charlie is kind of destructive. Mm, I can see that. (laughs) Just have to get a new wand every seven years. Yeah. Um, So we do know it's 12 inches made from ash wood and has a unicorn hair core. So a little bit about ash. The ash wand cleaves to its true master and ought not be passed or gifted from the original owner. Hmm, interesting. Because it will lose power and skill. Poor Ron. This tendency is extreme if the core is unicorn. Oh, man. Old superstitions regarding wands rarely bear close examination, but if I find that the old rhyme regarding Rowan, Chess, Ash, and Hazel Wands. Sorry, Ollivander is like a trip to read out loud. Um, Contains a small nugget of truth. Those witches and wizards best suited to Ash Wands are not, in my experience, lightly... Did you read the the rhyme? Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start over. Old superstitions regarding wands rarely bear close examination, but I find the old rhyme regarding Rowan, Chestnut, and Ash. Rowan, Chestnut, Ash, and Hazel Wands. Rowan gossips, Chestnut drones, Ash is stubborn, Hazel bones. Contains a negative truth. Those witches and wizards best suited to Ash Wands are not, in my experience, lightly swayed from their beliefs or purposes. However, the brash or overconfident witch or wizard, who often insists on tried wands of this prestigious wood, will be disappointed by its effects. The ideal owner may be stubborn, but will certainly be courageous, but never crafts or arrogant. Um... I feel like this is going to be a theme of the Charlie section. We really don't know a whole lot about this man, Charlie Weasley. Um, I could see, like, I think courageous is a fair Mm -hmm. descriptor from what we know about him. Never crass or arrogant, I feel like, is a fair descriptor from what we know about him. Stubborn, I could see, but I don't know if there's really any evidence to that fact. Um, but yeah, it's just like really funny that it's like Ash One should not be passed down because <laughs> they suck for new owners. And of course, Ron gets it. And, um, so he really only has this wand at quote unquote full capacity for one year. And then he breaks at the beginning of two. And then by three, he has a new wand. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So then his occupation, Charlie's occupation, is dragonologist in Romania at a dragon sanctuary. Dragonologist. That's a great name. And then the titles that he possesses throughout the series are Prefect, Quidditch, Seeker, and Captain, as well as member of the Order of the Phoenix. So like I mentioned before, his first mention is going to be Maybe his second mention? I don't even know. Um, Just another mention. Um, So this is when Harry and Ron go down to Hagrid's and, like, after their first week of classes. So Harry can catch up with him and, like, let Hagrid know what's going on with his life. So it says. what? Yeah. um, What's the sitch? Give me the D. 411. How's your brother Charlie? Hagrid asked Ron. I like I liked him a lot. Great with animals. 
Um, no, I'm going to continue just a little bit. Harry wondered if Hagrid had changed the subject on purpose. While Ron and Hagrid... Oh, wow. While Ron told Hagrid all about Charlie's work with dragons, Harry picked up a piece of paper that was lying on the table under the tea cozy. So. So Harry just didn't listen? No. Not at all. Cool. So, yeah, that's... That's when we learn... Maybe one of the only facts we actually know about Charlie Weasley is that he's good with animals and works with animals. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah. All right. So based on the zero information we have about him, I typed his personality. Oh, goodness. And I'm going to say, I actually think it's pretty good. Okay. So, this is also a new one I haven't read, because the only other character I know of who has it is Mr. Harry Potter. Mm. So this Bets is the off I- on whether we're even going to do Harry Potter yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> anytime at all. <laughs> so, this is the ISTP personality type, aka the virtuoso. Ooh. <laughs> so... <laughs> Virtuosos love to explore with their hands and their eyes, touching and examining the world around them with cool rationalism and spirited curiosity. People with this personality type are natural makers, moving from project to project, building the useful and superfluous superfluous (laughs) for the fun of it, and learning from the environment as they go. Often mechanics and engineers, virtuosos find no greater joy than in getting their hands dirty, pulling things apart, and putting them back together just a little bit better than they were before. I mean, he works outdoors. He's a dragonologist. Yeah. Yeah. He uses his hands. I can't imagine there's a lot of paperwork at the dragon sanctuary. (laughs) At least what he's doing at the dragon sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. he's That's a very. Ha- I feel like he's a hands-on type of guy. I can I get that vibe from him. Yeah. All right. So they explore ideas through creating, troubleshooting, trial and error, and firsthand experience. They enjoy having other people take an interest in their projects, and sometimes don't even mind them getting into their space. Of course, that's on the condition that those people don't interfere with virtuosos' principles and freedom, and they'll need to be open to virtuosos returning the interest in kind. So I think that this maybe hints at the one other thing we know about Charlie, and that he's single. <laughs> and it sounds like he's like open to like having relationships with people, but doesn't like to sacrifice like his own independence, his own principles, his own freedom for those relationships. So like it takes a certain kind of person to be with someone of this personality type, I think. While their mechanical tendencies can make them appear simple at a glance, virtuosos are actually quite enigmatic. Friendly but very private, calm but suddenly spontaneous, extremely curious but unable to stay focused on formal studies. Virtuoso personalities can be a challenge to predict, even by their friends and loved ones. Virtuosos can seem very loyal and steady for a while, but they tend to build up a store of impulsive energy that explodes without warning, taking their interests in bold new directions. Um, I like the idea of Charlie having some depth to him and, like, having these contradictions. Obviously, we can't really support it, but, like, I don't know. All of those things sound like they could be true. And I think we do know that he's supposed to be, like, good at school, but he just, like, chose to do a less academic career because, like, he's curious, but not, like, in a book kind of way. Yeah. Um, and also the 
impulsive energy is a very Gryffindor phrase. True. <laughs> both in both impulsive and energy, and then especially together, I feel like yeah. Gryffindor. <laughs> Um, Virtuoso's decisions stem from a sense of practical realism, and at their heart is a strong sense of direct fairness, a do-unto-others attitude, which really helps to explain many of Virtuoso's puzzling traits. I think these are, like, Gryffindor traits and also, like, Weasley family traits. We've talked in the past about, like, Molly and Arthur raising their kids to value fairness, treating others the way you want to be treated, not believing in purebud supremacy, you know, basic basic character traits there just decency you know <laughs> that people with the virtuoso personality type struggle with boundaries and guidelines preferring the freedom to move about and color outside of the lines if they need to i think this fits with his career choice but i think it also maybe fits with like him preferring to be alone maybe like he doesn't want to have someone tying him down Finding an environment where they can work with good friends who understand their style and unpredictability. Combining their creativity, sense of humor, and hands-on approach to build practical solutions and things will give virtuosos many happy years of building useful boxes and admiring them from the outside. I feel like that, like, again, we just know about him being a dragonologist, but that kind of fits with what we know about his job. Yeah. So then for strengths, we have optimistic and energetic, creative and practical, spontaneous and rational, know how to prioritize, great in a crisis, and relaxed. I think you have to be great in a crisis to work with dragons. Oh, for sure. I feel like every moment is a potential crisis when you work with dragons. (laughs) (laughs) And then for weaknesses, we have stubborn, insensitive, private and reserved, easily bored, dislike commitment, and risky behavior. Oh, wow. I think those fit pretty well. Like, stubborn, the ash wand would. What did I just read? Risky behavior. I feel like working with dragons is, like, pretty risky. Just, like, commitment. Could that be why he's single? I feel like he's definitely easily bored, hence a job that, like, keeps him on his feet. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot you can learn from working with dragons and being single. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we're just creating this, like, our own version of Charlie Weasley right now. That's the point. Yeah, I like it. Um, just build the perfect man from the ground up. I'm down <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, he doesn't like commitment. That's fine. <laughs> no, um, we can change that. Um, <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> so... In this next section, I'm going to talk about his involvement in the Second Wizarding War, and I'm going to warn you now, I have three bullet, four, sorry, four bullet, five bullet points, because I don't have a lot. There's not really much information. So, from the beginning, we know that Charlie was sent word about Voldemort's return, and he was very, like, he was, he was notified pretty quickly, but he stayed in Romania, where he had been working with dragons, we need like a working with dragons count this episode um, <laughs> um while bill was the one who decided to come home from abroad so he was kind of posted out in romania like eastern europe kind of area to like build contacts and recruit people from abroad which like i kind of mentioned mentioned audrey i think before this episode started but like 
what was the outcome of that? Like, did he recruit anybody? Like, was he actually doing anything out in Romania? <laughs> because I'm skeptical. I think that they said he was doing that, but really what they actually had was him working on building an army of dragons. Dragons. Mm. So if, like, like shit really hit the fan, mm. Charlie would just fly in with his dragons. It'd be like Khaleesi. It, yeah, I was going to say, it's like Daenerys. <laughs> Got his three. Like, that was their backup plan, and they were like, Charlie, you need to stay out with, in Romania to, like, make sure the dragons are well and, like, yeah, like if ready we to go you. with this plan. And we'll, like, we'll tell everyone that you're recruiting other wizards, yeah. but really you're recruiting dragons. <laughs> uh, I like that idea. I mean, it just kind of... It seems like a convenient way to keep him out of the story, but still, like, seem like he's involved in the yeah. war. And he's not just, like, the lone Weasley. I mean, I guess Percy. But, like, he's just... To, to think that the war had affected him in some way, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned before, he did return to England for Bill's wedding so he could be his best man. Um, presumably, he returned to England from Romania. Again, we don't really know much. Um, And he returned to Romania after he was, like, being questioned by the ministry, quote-unquote, after the wedding. Because the Weasleys that stayed were questioned by the, quote-unquote, ministry that night. Um, But Charlie did end up coming back to England to find the Battle of Hogwarts, but he was real late to the party, if I do say so myself. Um, he basically didn't arrive until, like, after Harry had died, I'm pretty sure. Died so, again, quote-unquote. He, like, comes riding in with reinforcements with Slughorn pretty late into the activities. So here's my question, though. If Harry, Harry's sacrifice, right? He sacrificed himself for... Mm-hmm all of the people fighting against Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Yeah. And if if Charlie and Slughorn came in after that sacrifice had happened, do you think that yeah. they're included in that protection? Do you think it's, like, a general protection, like, he sacrificed himself for, like, everyone who's anti-Voldemort? Or do you think it's, like, he sacrificed himself and the protection only applies to, like, the people that were in Hogwarts at the time? I don't know. I feel like that inherently is asking, like, what the limitations on love magic are. Yeah. And we don't know. Like, because I would be more inclined to believe that it's kind of like a blanket. I sacrifice myself for the fight against yeah. Voldemort. Maybe not so much, like, the people. Like, we're Asgard is a place, not a people. Um, Marvel reference. But I feel like that's giving love magic too much power, you know? I think it, I think it has to be the people. Yeah. I feel like the interpretation because like, is the people. Yeah, let's say Harry ended up dying, you know, just for, just for funsies. Let's say Harry ended up dying. Like, does that mean, like, if we're assuming that it protected the cause, the fight, that, like, everybody, like, the... You know, like, if the war had continued past that one day, like, everybody would have been protected. I feel like that's too much power. No, I think it's just the people that were, like, actively fighting in the Battle yeah. of Hogwarts at the time. Yeah. Well, no, I think so, like that. But, so that implies, by that logic, that means that Charlie and Slughorn and, recruit, like, reinforcements 
were not protected yes. when they like showed up, but it would have be kind of funny to think that they were protected because that means like the only fighting that they did, it was not possible for them to get injured or, or for them to die. Yeah, well also to be fair, the fighting that they participated in was very short because yeah. it was like the moment of Neville slicing Nagini, Harry revealing himself as being alive to the dual standoff of Voldemort and Harry, like, was a pretty short period of time. So, I feel like if one of them died, it would be like, bro, you couldn't last, like, two minutes? Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so like I said, he did end up coming back, but he wasn't aware that Fred had died at this point, so sad. And it's presumed that, like, it took him so long because he was in Romania. Yeah. Slughorn doesn't have an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Charlie does. Slughorn was not in Romania. <laughs> Side note, Romania is a fun place to visit. Highly recommend. One of the many sites you can see there is the castle that was used in the Christmas Prince Netflix movie holiday series. Check it out. All right. So now on to Charlie's relationship with the other Weasleys. Kind of similar to Bill's. Um, we don't know a ton, but... Will make stuff up. We know less, in fact. (laughs) So with his parents, I think he definitely had a good relationship with both of them. We never really hear of Charlie doing anything to piss Molly off, whereas, like, we Mm. see with Bill, um, like, with Fleur, there's kind of, like, this tension with Bill. And the hair. Yeah, and there's all, like, Percy, the twins, and Ron are kind of always pissing Molly off. Um, so Charlie is, like, maybe the perfect child. Um... (laughs) And he was a prefect, and he was good at school. And then I can, so I can, like, see him being kind of like a mama's boy, and also, like, quietly Arthur's favorite, because Arthur is, like, very curious, loved to work with his hands on muggle things, and I could see, like, Charlie getting some of those traits with him. Um, and then, like, we do know that Molly, Arthur, and Ginny go to visit him in Romania for Christmas in Sorcerer's Stone. Hmm. It, like, blows my mind, because let's just say there are no other visits between the parents and the siblings than what we see in the books. Like, then they go, like, three years without seeing Charlie, when, like, you can apparate. (laughs) Yeah. There doesn't seem to be an excuse. (laughs) And then, like, the same thing with Bill. Like, they see Bill in Prisoner. Presumably that's the first time in, like, the book timeline that they see Bill. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, I already talked about relationship with Bill. Um, With Percy, I think it's kind of similar to the Bill one. I think Percy does respect, like, both of them. um, Because they're both, like, good at school and good at their jobs. But Percy definitely, like, I think there's a time where he describes Charlie as, like, an outdoor type to to Harry so I think like he respects like Charlie's talent and Charlie's intelligence but he also probably thinks that like he's not being ambitious enough and like doing like he hasn't chosen a good career um and then on the flip side like we see Charlie also like joins in the poking fun at Percy but I don't think we ever see him get like angry or annoyed with Percy that much um like, I feel like it's always the younger kids that are getting worked up about Percy, and, like, Bill and Charlie are just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, purse. 
Yeah, there's like that scene in Goblet when I think Percy like yells down to like because they're smashing tables outside the window, you know, classic. And he's like, "Keep her down out there!" And they're like, "Yeah, sure, Percy." How's the Cauldron Bottoms report going? (laughs) Um, so then with Fred and George, I think my guess is that the twins looked up to Charlie more than they looked up to Bill. Because, like, Charlie was a really good Quidditch player, and he wasn't head boy. <laughs> uh, um, but also, I, I feel think... like Charlie's okay. more, like, Bill, we talked about Bill being laid back, but I think that Charlie is, like, maybe more of the, like, laid back jokester type than yeah. Bill is. So I feel like the twins would appreciate that more. Yeah, just, like, with the comment about head boy, I do think that, Fred and George respected Bill for being head boy a lot more than Percy. Yes. Just for the fact that, like, Bill wasn't as much of a dick about it as Percy was, you know? (laughs) Um, So then with Ron, I think it might be, like, the flip where Ron admires Bill more than he admires Charlie. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, just spitballing here. But (laughs) I think Ron does admire Charlie, but he doesn't have a super close relationship with him. Although he does, like, turn to Charlie for help with the whole Norbert situation. Um, Granted, like, that was kind of, like, a given to turn to Charlie because, like, he works with dragons. (laughs) And then we But he was, like, comfortable enough, like, sending him a letter kind of out of the blue. Yeah, and we know that Charlie shows Ron the dragons in Goblet um, before the first task. And I think Ron is probably, like, closer with Bill. Um... Like I said, because, like, he chose to go to Bill's when he was alone in Deathly Hallows. And, like, okay, like, going to Charlie's wasn't really an option. But, like, I don't know. Well, Bill is also just, like, around more. I feel like that's also hard because Charlie, like, yes, Bill is gone. But he's back for, like, Order, Half-Blood, and Deathly Hallows. Whereas Charlie's, like, never back. Yeah. So I wonder how close his relationships can, like, really be with his siblings. Like, I'm not going to say that he can't be close with them, but it's like if you don't see them over the course of, like, seven years, you know, yeah. it can be harder. Yeah. And so Ginny, um, we already talked about how much she admired Bill, and I think she also admired Charlie. Um, but I think maybe, like, I don't know, like, in a less serious way, like, Bill was definitely, like, Bill was the one that didn't want her to, like, fight in the war, and Bill was probably the one that, like, thought she was too young for things, whereas I feel like Charlie would be more, like, easygoing, like, let her do what she wants to do, um, and also, like, I can just imagine Charlie being so proud of her when she, like, Mm -hmm. went pro in Quidditch, like, I think that's so cute, like, he would definitely be, like, the proudest of the the siblings on that, that front. I don't know, I feel like Fred and George, or... Sorry, George would be close. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, they play, he played yeah. with... No, he never played with Denny. But, like, I mean, they grew up playing with each other. Yeah. Well, they didn't let her play. Well, later on, she would join in, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah, I think that... I really enjoy whenever you talk about the Weasleys' relationships, especially when we get to Ginny, because I think that... It's just, like, normally is, like, really wholesome. 
Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Ginny has a really good relationship with, like, Bill, Charlie, and Fred and George. Like, a very, like, stereotypical, like, younger sister, older brother, you know, like, mm-hmm. that kind of relationship. And I've always wanted an older brother to, like, have that <laughs> kind of relationship. So it's like, oh, man. So cute. Anyways. Who's the coolest Weasley brother? So for for Bill's birthday, Wizarding World posted that Bill is the coolest Weasley brother and all these reasons why. And I was like, okay, like, I'll give you that that's a valid opinion, but I feel like it's not that simple and Charlie is a good contender for coolest. Are you going to say Fred and George or... Well, I was going to say, I think Fred and George are good contenders as well. And if we're only going brothers, like, yes. But I think if we're going coolest with Weasley siblings, like, oh, Ginny yeah. would be... Like, no. I don't even... I don't know if she'd be my top coolest, but she'd be up there. Yeah, that's why I made it brother, because okay. I literally, like, started to type sibling, and I was like, nah, Ginny's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's so hard because... We know so little about Charlie to, like, make an argument. Like, maybe on paper, Charlie's got, like, like every aspect of, that we know about him is, like, cool. Yeah. But we know more about Bill, if that makes sense. And, like, Bill's the one with the fang earring. Yeah, and the long, like, rock. Like, Harry talks about how he, like, kind of looks like a rocker. You know, he's got, yeah. like, the leather and the long hair and the earrings. I think Charlie... Who... do? Does one of them have tattoos? Is that a thing I'm making up, or is that mentioned? I don't... Not that I know of. Charlie has scars but, all over his arms. That's, like... I mean, tunes. Bill gets scarred. On his but, face, though. But then, like, Bill... I think at the end of the day, like, Bill settles down, and he ends up having mm, three kids, and, like... That is true. Yeah, it's with Fleur, and she's, like, the <laughs> ultimate... <laughs> the yeah, ultimate like, dream girl. Vila. But, yeah. like... <laughs> Flair's manic pixie dream girl. Um, but, like, Charlie, I think, assumes the cool uncle role because oh, he's yeah. single. And, like, yeah. off. And he probably comes home, like, once a year. And it's like, ah, Uncle Charlie. Yeah, for sure. He has that. He's that. He, he has, has that like, no responsibilities. Him. Like, Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I feel like that stereotype normally has a couple you know, problems, maybe. <laughs> like, like I don't there's know. a reason I, he's single. Well, e- either that or there's just, like, like, a reason he hasn't settled down that's, like, mildly concerning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. You know? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like, also, it's normally a discussion between Bill and Charlie just because they're, like, more enigmatic than the other siblings. Yes, like, we know sure. them more. And they also have that, like, older sibling thing going for Mm -hmm. them you know I don't know I feel like this is going to be kind of a cop-out answer but I feel like Bill if I were a sibling in the Weasley family I feel like Charlie would be the fun sibling but Bill would be like the one I admire and look up to the most yeah so like cool is Charlie Bill's more like Mm. role model material (laughs) but Bill's so cool like he looks cool. cool I still, I think it's Charlie, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I don't I'm know if I I'm letting my imagination decide. Mm. The Charlie in my head. The Charlie in your head is the coolest Weasley. Yeah. Okay, I accept that. Um, 
Okay, for the where are they now section, we talked a lot about Bills, but him and Fleur went on to have three children, Victoire, Dominique, and Louis. Again, Victoire was born on the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts, and her name means victory. Um, and she was said to have her mother's good looks, and it was implied that she had some sort of relationship with Teddy Weasley during the 19 years later epilogue. Um, Bill went back to working at Gringotts as a curse breaker as of 2013 and worked some in Egypt again. Again, that's the, that's what I was talking about earlier. It was from a Pottermore article for his birthday that I, is not on the internet any longer from what it looks like. Like, I'm sure it's somewhere. I'm sure somebody somewhere like archived all yeah. of the Pottermore writings, but I didn't look that hard. Sorry. Um, he also attended the Quidditch World Cup in 2014 with the rest of his family that comes from that, like, Quidditch World Cup write-up that was done on Pottermore. And then, according to Wizards Unite, take it or leave it, canon, it's up to you, just giving you information. According to Wizards Unite, he wrote a handbook detailing his experiences with werewolves that was used by the Statute of Secrecy's tax task force to train Aurors to help them beat werewolves' defenses, which doesn't seem very build to me when I when I read that I was like yeah like no. I understand that like werewolves I feel like werewolves are misunderstood yeah and I don't know if he would like I feel like he would feel this like some kind of connection with werewolves not only because he was like semi one maybe but like his relationship with Lupin as well yeah no I like I feel like this. I feel like he would have written something to like help people understand werewolves more than to like beat them yeah, yeah you know? I agree um, then for Charlie, he did not marry and did not have any children after the war. He did have plenty of nieces and nephews, though, to go around. And then in that Quidditch World Cup writing in 2014, Rita Skeeter is like, Charlie was there, still unmarried. Why? Question <laughs> mark. Um, so it's kind of implied that she's like, that there is a reason, mm-hmm. like why he's unmarried. And I've seen a couple different theories on the internet. One is that Charlie is asexual, which is, like, a perfectly valid thing to say about Mm -hmm. somebody who we know, we know nothing about, like, his preferences or his previous relationships, if he's had any to begin with, you know? I think that you could also give him a headcanon of him being gay. Yeah. There's no evidence to prove either way basically basically I mean, what i'm saying is we he, know nothing that's not necessarily a reason why he's unmarried no but, no no yeah. but a reason but like he could be queer yeah 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 way. like yeah. he could be whatever you want him to be at the end of the day honestly cuz there's no information so you can't go against canon again yeah like i think i've mentioned before like i could be married to charlie weasley for all you guys know <laughs> um but anyways like just that the the fact that it was included in that article as like why seems like whoever wrote it honestly I have no idea if it was the author of the series or a person hired to write Pottermore articles I'm sure it's something I can find out but kind of is implying that there is a reason and Mm -hmm. not just he I mean honestly the reason could be like he doesn't want to be married and he could very well have a significant other but is not married you know whatever do whatever you want charlie no judgment by us yeah um and then as of 2019 according to wizard unite he is still working with dragons i will say 
I think both of us, well, obviously both of us, we did not include any information from Hogwarts Mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of information there about their Hogwarts days. Yeah. yeah. Bill is like a pretty significant character and then Charlie becomes one later. So. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And we're the hosts of Out of Contracts, a show where we watch and talk about a random episode of Star Trek every other Sunday. For each podcast, we've used a a random number generator to select an episode of any of the Star Trek series. And then we talk about the story of the episode, what the writers hope to accomplish, and how the episode fits into the larger tapestry of Star Trek as a whole. The thing is, though, that each of us has only seen about a third of the Star Trek episodes in existence, which means that sometimes I'll watch a late period Deep Space Nine episode and have no idea what's going on. It's fun! So, if you've ever wondered about the logistics of love on the holodeck... Or what it would really look like if all the water got sucked out of your body... Then listen to Out of Contracts every other Sunday at outofcontracts.podbean.com or wherever you download podcasts. So, for today's pop quiz, it is, what Bill and or Charlie moment do you wish had made it into the movies? Um, so we did post this in our Instagram story when we started recording just because we hadn't gotten any, gotten any answers oh. on our Facebook yet. We did get one though. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you during want me to recording. read that? Sure. Okay. So on the Facebook page, Leia said every Charlie moment, he deserves so much more from the movies, but specifically maybe the moment in Goblet of Fire where Charlie and Hagrid talk about the dragons for the first half. I like that moment. Um, Speaking of just broadly that Charlie was not included in the movies, I'm not, like, super upset by that decision. Just because I don't know if any of the moments with him in it were, like, super integral to the plot. Mm. Like, the only one I can really think of that would have been of consequence would be the one in Sorcerer's Stone when they he goes... He's not even really seen in that scene. Um, but, like, yeah, it's his, friend. his friends come to pick up Norbert. Like, other than that... Not, it's not really like Charlie being there didn't affect the the story and what happened, you know. But yeah. it is kind of a bummer that we don't see him at all, besides the moving photograph and the daily profit profit of them in Egypt. Um, yeah. We did get some answers on Instagram. So Sophie said the hand the handing off of Norbert Norberta to Charlie and his friends. The Petrus family said all of them exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Um, Sarah said, all of them. (laughs) Honestly, I really miss Charlie being in the movies in general. And then Rebecca said, the table smashing scene from Goblet of Fire is such an iconic intro. Um, yeah, Rebecca stole my answer. That's my answer. (laughs) There's not that many. Okay, well, that's my Charlie one. I'll come up with a Bill Mm. one. My Bill one is, oh, when Fleur, like, sizes him up. Mm, yeah I think because Bill is in the movies to begin with I do really wish I know I think we talked about this in the Goblet of Fire movie episode but just the fact that like him and Molly came to Hogwarts is so Mm. cute and I wish that was included at all um even if it was just like cut to them in the stands like Arthur it cuts to Arthur in the stands so like maybe that's kind of a nod but like not really um but no the table smashing scene it's just I that that scene is just like so ingrained in my mind like yeah I'll forget the order of things that happen in the series I'll forget like throughout these episodes I'm like wait when did did that happen what happened like vaguely I remember this but like that is like them fighting with the tables outside before that like 
just a really wholesome dinner that they all like sit down and have together. Yeah. It's just so good. I think that that's like the cover art, isn't it? Or the chapter art, sorry. For that chapter. Oh, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I the think two it tables. is too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so uh, cute. Wholesome I know, and it just like memories. Yeah, it's like one of the only instances that we see like the whole family there really until the wedding. And, yeah. like, there's interactions with Percy, there's interactions with Fred and George, like, with all of them. And then at the dinner table, it's, like, we get that play-by-play of, like, these people are having this conversation, these people are having this conversation. I think it's just, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. So, folks, you know, the holiday season is approaching. And what Katie really wants for Christmas is 50 ratings. Oh, I was like, where is this going? Apple Podcasts. And we are still at 43. So mm. if you want to get Katie a good present, write seven ratings. It might be, it might be the, my favorite present of the season. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and please go leave a rating and review. Yeah, and you can also find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast, on Twitter as Wizard Studies. You can join our Facebook group at Wizard Studies Podcast group, and then all of those places will be where we are posting our Wiz Quizmas (laughs) um, for the 12 days leading up to Christmas if you want to partake in some just like fun shenanigans. (laughs) <laughs> hit us up those places it will have already started again by the time this episode comes out but feel free to go back a couple days depending on when you listen to this or like I said a couple years and answer those quiz questions <laughs> all right as always thank you so much for listening and remember just do your best we'll do the rest and learn until our brains all rot. Right.